Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we decorate a vacation home for a villager who's really into Nintendo Cartridge Society? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you this week. We are talking about the news from the week, including Animal Crossing Happy Home Paradise. And then on Thursday, Game & Watch Month continues. But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing great, Patrick. We are hitting the point in L.A. where it's a little bit of that fall weather. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of Game & Watch Month. I... I feel I feel wonderful. Yeah, I, October is many things, right? Like it just it occupies this like space where you're like the holidays are back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just generally speaking, and then you're like, oh, it's spooky time. This is when you're like, every third commercial on TV, I have to avert my eyes because I don't, <laughs> don't want to see like some gross stuff. Um, uh, but this year it is also Game and Watch Month, and Mark, I'm gonna make a uh, I'm gonna make a bold statement here. I'm gonna make October every October. Game and Watch Month for me personally. <laughs> right, sure, yeah. I'm just going to re- yeah, I'm not going to enforce it on everyone. <laughs> it's not going to be the theme of this show every year. I mean, hey, if you ever became an elected official, you could try to do whatever you wanted. Uh, that is, of course, my platform. I am running for <laughs> if comptroller. You, if you, yeah, if you become the comptroller, really, yeah. if you become like the mayor, yep. if you become part of the city council, you can declare every like day, Game and Watch Day. Game and Watch Day. Give the key to the city. To game and watch. Yes, give uh, give the the key to the city to Stanley the Bugman, <laughs> featured in two game and watch games, um, living which his is, best life. Yeah, more than he is represented on any other uh, any other uh, Nintendo platform. Um, Mark, that's not what we're. That's not today though. That's that's Thursday. We're going to talk about game and watch stuff. Um, Sonic Forces. I have a copy of it on the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can certainly try. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a perfect borrowing program. Patrick, have you considered mm. uh, updating your will to include what to do with ownership of the, your copy of Sonic Forces? Like, should I die when it's out yeah. in, in the world? Um, no, I'm going to just embrace that chaos. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. But the ex, uh, the person in charge of like, uh, the person e- executing my will. Yeah, yeah. You're leaving them in a world of hurt. Everybody's going to want that copy of Sonic Forces. Well, and you're going to have to figure out like the tax implications of it too. <laughs> like it's, it is going to be a sticky issue, but I'll be dead. So I don't care. Also, if anyone out there is going to get on the list, borrow my copy of Sonic Forces and then kill me to trigger this whole thing. I just, I just discourage you from even doing that. Yeah. Pl- yeah. Just don't. Don't. Just don't. Just don't. Also, my copy of Untitled Goose Game may be in there instead. Just a heads up. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show. It helps us grow this Nintendo Cartridge Society. And if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, 
we will give you a shout out on the show. If you leave us a five-star review anywhere else, definitely let us know. You can send us an email. You can hit us up on Twitter and uh, we'll give you a shout out as well. Yeah, and like really however you can interact with uh, the, the podcast on, on other platforms, we appreciate it if you can give it a thumbs up or favorite or you know whatever. Um, we did get an email from Mason. Mason writes, Hi, I just started listening to your podcast today, and it's amazing. Since I'm on Spotify, I can't rate it, but if I could, it'd be five stars. Uh, it's fine. If I don't get a shout-out, here's your shout-out. Um, but if you, you can give me one if you want. I do want. Yeah, definitely, Mason. Uh, keep up the good work and have a good evening uh yeah is so is that true on on spotify you have like no way to like positively interact with podcasts i don't know for sure but i don't think mason's a liar and so i i trust him right mason thank you for listening to us on spotify also mason crazy that you know that we're recording this in the evening yeah i mean i think we we usually say crazy that you know (laughs) that we're recording he's only been listening since october 14th yeah that's pretty recent um pays attention um let's see we were on the nintendo pals podcast this week um so you can check out the episode that came out on monday um we go through and rank nintendo duos uh and i think our number one will uh surprise a lot of people right It's it's a surprising list i think so um and then last is uh we have an email here from the chariot goblin thank you for writing in chariot goblin um such a good name. It's a great name, and it's so like evocative. Like I have a very clear picture of what the Chariot Goblin is, mm-hmm. and I'm scared of him, Mark. Um, Chariot Goblin writes, "Hey, Patrick and Mark, with Sora's release in Smash Ultimate being near, what has been your favorite reveal trailer out of all the twelve DLC fighters? For me, it would have to be Terry, Bo- the Terry Bogard reveal, because you can tell Sakurai really loves '90s arcade fighting games." Thanks and keep it up. Mm. The Terry Bogard one was great. That's yeah. where we saw like all of the like King of Fighters uh, characters and all in their like 32-bit pixel art glory. And that one was fun for me because I do not know King of Fighters at all. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things I love about Smash is that it is like a video game history museum. And so having like your uh like Cherry Goblin was saying, like having like Sakurai like clearly so much so love. Yeah, these characters um, that uh, it made me like love it by proxy. Yeah, yeah, no, I and I I think that's a super solid answer. I'm actually sort of hard pressed to think of the other like DLC. I mean, I I, I like the uh, sort of double psych out of um, the Banjo Kazooie. That was fun trailer reveal. Uh-huh. Um, that that sh- that well, the Terry Bogart trailer is such a good like here's this interesting thing I'm bringing you into. Um, the Banjo-Kazooie uh, trailer was like knowing what the fans' expectations are and like playing with them, playing against them. Uh, and then, you know, bam, there's Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I there's two that are super memorable. One, I thought that like Sephiroth uh, showing up mm-hmm. was really exciting and really fun and kind of like playing off of the... Uh, re- super memorable moments, like Sephiroth moments of the past. Yeah, but yeah incorporating yeah. them with like Mario and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, and like sort of playing on the like Ridley and uh, Simon Belmont reveals of like just killing the characters. <laughs> right. Right. Um, that like it sure looked like uh, Sephiroth had impaled Mario on his giant sword. But the for and the other one that really sticks in my mind 
is Joker from Persona 5. Yeah. Which is so funny because, like, I watched you play a few hours of that game. but I, uh, And then we decided we didn't like it. Exactly. <laughs> right. But, like, uh, for whatever reason, the I felt like that reveal got everybody really excited. And yeah. so I was just, like, riding that wave of hype as well, where where it's like, yeah, it is cool that uh, Joker's in this game. Well, and, like, truly, since that was, like, the first DLC character, we're not counting the uh, the Piranha Plant, right? Um, but that is that is a character where it's like, oh, yeah, this there are no rules. Like, yes. the only rule is it's a video game character. Joker, to that point, had not appeared on a Nintendo console um, and still Persona 5 uh, and Persona 5 Royal have not come to Switch. By the way, they will never come to Switch. Um, but, like, yeah, just sort of, like, uh, setting this precedent of, like, we're going after big, interesting characters, and it doesn't – anything that you think matters doesn't. Yeah. Um, also, is a super, like, cool, stylish uh, trailer, like, using the red, and was just uh, was just very cool. Uh, so thank you, Chariot Goblin, for writing in with that question. A uh, lot of good trailers from uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Mark, I finished Metroid Dread last wow, night. Wow, congratulations. Or not last night, over the, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the congratulations. I'm sorry to correct myself over you congratulating me. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I. Uh. I. I know that you were stuck at the still stuck still stuck at the end boss struggling. Okay. So I've been stuck on the end boss for probably, uh, like four or five days at this point. Yeah. Um, Oh, and uh, no, no spoilers here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Fair. You're you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I've been stuck on the final boss for like five days, and every day I'll like check in try you know like once or twice yeah um i genuinely so i i can there's a i i can beat the first two phases of the boss but um i can't i have not been able to get past the third phase and i don't know that i ever will mark i i think i think you will i think we should uh like we we can like take a crack at the boss uh today before you leave i can't guarantee that i'll be able to do it um but i have done it Uh uh-huh so like maybe just like have you like consulted anything to like yeah so i mean yeah i i i it's it's purely in the execution yeah that like i come out of the second phase with not enough health uh and i uh okay actually i'm gonna stop myself there because i was gonna get into something a little spoilery sure so needless to say i think it's purely in the execution so i agree with you that i probably like my could improve my skills over time yeah and that i eventually will beat it i also could go back and potentially get like more oh, yeah. power-ups more so that health, way i go in with missiles, like yeah yeah exactly and so that actually may be something that i should do uh but also at some point i don't know if i'm gonna care because i think right. i am at the end and so yeah. i'll be like well i've seen the game and so yeah i mean the the last beat of the game uh-huh. like after you uh after you beat that final boss is quite cool mm-hmm. um and so like i mean it's not uh, a spoiler to say that like the end of the game cool stuff happens but like what whatever you think it's not just like a story beat there's like a there's like an action a gameplay beat after mm-hmm. the final boss mm-hmm. which is so cool and so rewarding and so like in line with what the rest of the game is and what the game's priorities are um that like it just feels like a perfect uh, like execution of like end of game philosophy. Got it. 
Well, uh, now yeah. that you're finished, yeah. How did you, I loved it? Okay, great, great. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, it uh, it took me over nine hours to beat the game of like gameplay time, um, which made me feel like, oh no, I should. <laughs> I feel like I should have been faster than that. Um, but like you know, I died a lot. Um, and you know, it took a long time to like figure out boss patterns. I feel like if I were to start it over again, um, I would be quite a bit quicker in uh a lot of those boss fights and just like things that confused me. Um, in general, um, would confuse me less um, on on the replay. But there's still, like, the world is big enough and sort of, like, loops back around on itself uh, in interesting enough ways that, like, I don't really have a recall of, like, how I got from point A to point B. Um, so, like, I, I which makes me think uh, another playthrough is going to be engaging in its own right um, without even, like, ratcheting up the difficulty. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to jump back in. Do you think you'll start, like, immediately, or do you think you'll play some other stuff and it'll just be something you come back to in the future? Yeah, I mean, I I think probably pretty immediately. Actually, I this is a, a great question, because I'm sort of like, do I want to keep up the Metroid momentum, keep playing Metroid, or go back to Skyward Sword? I am itch Like, honestly, I have loved, loved, loved Metroid Dread more than I ever expected to like this game. Uh, I, yeah, have completely loved it. I want more Metroid in my life. I'm glad that Metroid is having this moment. Um, I think it's a great game, but I am itching to get back to Skyward Sword. Like yeah. I uh, am, uh, I feel like I was making such good progress in the game, and I'm liking it so much that that's another reason why I'm like, well, do I want to really keep like? I guess I can do both. I think I am going to like turn my attention back to Skyward Sword, and then check in on Metroid Dread occasionally, try to get, beat that final boss. Yeah. Um, and just like kind of like put the game away. But uh, yeah, I, I similarly have been itching to get back to Skyward Sword. Um, the uh, honestly, the reward on the other end of the boss is worth it to experience. Mm. Um, and not just like to watch, like it is a a an experience, an experiential reward, um, which is just so great and so fun. Mark, what else have you been playing this week? Mo- mostly just Game and Watch Gallery. Yeah. Uh, in preparation for us continuing Game and Watch month through the rest of October. Oh, Mark, hold on. I, I have something for you. Okay. Um, that I'm going to give you to take home with you for the next couple of days. Oh, NCS homework. NCS homework. I'm giving you my uh, Game Boy Advance with the uh, Game & Watch Gallery 4. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I because you, you bought the cartridge. I did buy the cartridge, yes. And I'm, I'm going to ask... Are the games unlocked? Are some of the games unlocked? Some of the games okay, are unlocked, great, but not great. all of the no, games. No, that's yeah. completely understandable. I have not, like, I've been playing Game Watch Gallery 1, 2, and 3, and I think 2 and 3 have unlockable games. I have not unlocked any of them. Yeah. And so, um, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, the Game Watch Gallery 3 is the one I've found the most success in unlocking mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and part of that is because uh, Greenhouse is in there. Um, and I, fan- <laughs> I fancy myself as quite good at Greenhouse. I can't wait. Uh, I have a lot of uh, thoughts on Greenhouse as well as many of the other games. So I'm excited to talk to you yeah. about these because we haven't really had any discussion about the individual games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll stow that uh, for now as obviously we will be talking more about it on Thursday. Um, Mark, I've also been playing Tetris Effect connected how is it on the switch uh it's good it is not um i i can tell that some of the uh like background animations are um different than they were on the playstation 4 so i think some of that is like um dialing down 
the like detail and some of that stuff mm. so that the it prioritizes the like particle effects which is the important part of it right like the the part of the game that is visually hypnotizing you as you are playing tetris um that's all still intact the sound is still great uh, it is still tetris effect um and playing it in your hands is very like tactile and fun and you know feels special not in the same way but along the same lines as playing it in vr um so yeah i mean it's it, it was a perfect game uh, on PlayStation. It is now a perfect game on Switch. Um, and it's uh, like uh, 25% off or something right now while it's in its like release window. Um, so if you're at all interested in a, a trippy Tetris game, um, Tetris Effect Connected is exactly that. Yeah, I've been so tempted, especially with it on sale right now. I have decided not to buy it for now. I just feel like I've spent a ton of gun. Uh, money on games recently yeah and so i feel that too (laughs) and i don't and i don't know when i'm actually gonna be able to like play it play it and so although i guess maybe with like a game like tetris effect you don't necessarily have to like dedicate yourself to it in the same right way but i don't know it's on it's on my wish list that's how i've been like managing my queue is basically putting everything i'm interested in on my wish list and then hopefully in in the the future when it gets like goes on sale again then i'll uh be prompted to pick it up yeah, well, I mean, I, I also think that there is, and, you know, mind you, we've talked about doing, like, a Nintendo 64 month coming up uh, sort of to celebrate the uh, uh, Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Um, but, like, you know, right now we are in a um, gameplay, like, sort of centric um, theme month for this show, which means that, you know, we're playing a lot of Game & Watch games. And where you can't sink, like, a ton, a ton of time into a, an individual Game & Watch game, um, there are 50 of them. Yeah, collectively, so, <laughs> so, it, it takes like, a lot of time. And, and we're not going to come out of this experts or even having played all of them. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're gaining some familiarity here. It is proving to be time consuming. I'm enjoying the time that it is consuming, but it is time consuming. Um, all right, Mark, uh, let's get into the... Here's how this uh, transition goes. It goes, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and see what we might be playing next week. And that's one of the transitions I have written out. Yes, right? <laughs> but what is so funny to me, a, a peek behind the scenes, listeners, is that the way it is written in the show notes is not actually how you say it. Oh yeah, and that's the it. I the, it's the same for a couple of things, but I daren't change it. Right, because I think that'll mess it. Yeah, I think I think that'll mess it up even more. I mean, here's the, as long as we're talking about the way the show is structured, uh, coming out of this segment and going into 433, I, I don't have anything. I do not know how we end the new releases segment. There is no good way. And I'm usually just like, well, that's it. And then I play the music. So we'll see what happens this time. Maybe it'll be better. Today, Tuesday, October 19th, Dying Light Platinum Edition is released for Switch. So uh, Dying Light was a PlayStation 4 game. Um, it's kind of, it's like a zombie survival game. You can play it in multiplayer. I played this on the PlayStation 4, absolutely loved it. And, uh, apparently this is it, the switch port is really good. Oh. And so, um, if you have any interest in the game and haven't had a chance to play it before, I really recommend it, especially if you have somebody to play it with in multiplayer. Um, and this is like an actual like on the Switch. It's not the cloud. That's version, right. right. So okay. the Dying Light Two is coming to Switch next year, but that is the cloud version. This is actually like uh, on Switch. Like you can buy it physically. Um, you know, I I didn't put it in the uh, news because it seemed more like uh, 
sort of uh, developer fueled speculation. Um, but uh, one of the um, producers of Kingdom Hearts was talking to uh, some outlet um, and said that uh, in the future, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would, in fact, port the Kingdom Hearts games to Switch in, uh, in like to run natively instead of in the cloud version. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I'm just I'm endlessly fascinated with, like, what they choose to do cloud versions of and like i just want to know like what is their what is their return on that like yeah no i it's really interesting to me too especially because like it's not like nintendo has embraced cloud versions right do you know what i mean yeah and there is no nintendo well yes no yeah i was gonna say uh because they could do it for their like um online stuff for the nintendo switch online yeah but you're but you, you are right though it's like what game do they have that you know like can't run on they the switch, can't run yeah. on the switch um so yeah I, I i i am just curious to know like is nintendo encouraging partners to do this are partners you know like doing it of their own accord it's it's just an interesting situation yeah well and we talked a couple weeks ago about how um you know obviously when you prepare a streaming uh, a, cl- a cloud version of a game you are in some sense preparing it for a bunch of different platforms right, right. now um there's the amazon one there's uh others <laughs> stadia <laughs> um and xbox like that there are all of these different like cloud streaming versions of games and maybe which platform you are streaming to is less of a you know less of a struggle to like port it from one to the other yeah so you're really just like checking a box and being like oh yeah put it on switch too yeah i mean coming in just a few weeks is uh the guardians of the galaxy game that's right which was a surprise to me that it was coming to switch and it makes sense that it was with you know afterwards it was revealed it was a cloud version which makes sense so it kind of seems like square enix is you know dabbling in this and just kind of seeing how it goes yeah 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 i'll also be interested to see like how it runs um Although, like, I, that's a game that I'm interested in playing. I will probably just play it on uh, PlayStation 4. Yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, that's pretty much it for me on this list. Uh, on Thursday, October 21st, there's a game called Cards of the Dead, which is showing up on the Switch eShop. I don't know anything about it, but uh, it makes me think of, like, Typing of the Dead and, like, yeah, you know, those, like, good. variations on House of the Dead. And so um that seems like it could be fun based on name alone and knowing literally nothing else about it it also makes me ask this question what happened to that uh like um like french card game yes that we saw in like an indie uh, world showcase it was like pixel art and you're like bluffing at cards Uh and like people stand up and like shoot you at the card yeah i don't think it's pixel art it's like a beautifully my memory is like beautifully drawn like illustrated yeah you know like a baroque um illustrations and so i don't know but i hope that i feel like uh, what happens a lot with these indie world showcase games is right. we see them and then they go away for like years right and then they'll come back eventually but yeah wither that's another one for the story <laughs> wither bear and breakfast yeah, um great point so yeah th- uh but that is definitely one that when it's re- silk song <laughs> i had i had totally forgotten about that uh french like card bluffing game yeah and so when it reappears I will be very excited. Tell you what, this is the second podcast I've brought that game up on and not known its name. The next time we talk about it, Mark, I will know its name. Great. But I don't now. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for the new releases. Let's close this out. And that brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, 
for the duration of one form to 433. Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, usually while we are recording these episodes, uh, you and I are drinking uh, ice cold cans of LaCroix. Maybe not quite ice cold, but cold cans of LaCroix, um, the sparkling water, uh, kind of because we like them and kind of because it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we thought we would go through the core flavors of LaCroix and just give them a quick thumbs up, thumbs down, what thoughts you have about them. Um, as they are listed on the site, there are 20 of them. Um, and I would say, do you want to start at the bottom where they're like more basic and get like weirder? Yeah, that sounds okay. good. Um, first, just generally speaking, how do you feel about LaCroix as a concept? Uh, I'm super into it. Yeah. Did you grow up with it? Or no, you, okay. no, no, no. Uh, I, I feel like uh, sparkling water for me is acquired taste. I didn't have yeah. like sparkling water at all um, growing up. And then when I was like working in a bookstore while I was going to school, uh, my manager was super into drinking like mineral water. Yeah, and so um, that's when I got a taste for it. And I've been hooked ever since. Um yeah, it's also a, a relatively, I say relatively recent, it's been like eight years of drinking LaCroix. No, it definitely feels like, uh, I don't know, when I moved to LA, like, LaCroix was one of those, like, big city things, you yes, know, that, totally. like, I became aware of. Which is funny, because it's from LaCroix, Wisconsin, which is like a podunk town in, in Wisconsin. <laughs> Most of them are, but uh, that one especially. All right, Mark, we are starting at the at the bottom, at the most basic, pure, uh, just the plain... Uh, sparkling water. How do you feel about it? Thumbs, thumbs. It's a thumbs down. For it's me. a thumbs down. It's for a thumbs Mark. down. Yeah. Uh, it's a thumbs up for me. I, I like. Uh, I like just the simple. It's water. I like drinking. Water. Yeah. I. I. I like. Like. It, I like a Perrier. I like. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But for whatever reason, pure Lacroix kind of uh, grosses me out. Um. Perrier almost feels like too. Uh. Like chalky to me. Mmm. It's all those minerals. Yeah. <laughs> it might. It might be. Um. Lime is the next flavor. Thumbs up. Yeah, lime I think is a, a, a an, an easy pass. As is lemon for yeah, me, which is the next sure. one on, on the list. Um, Those are good. Some of the flavors on this list, uh, like I, like n- a little too chemically, but like lemon yeah. and lime, those are good flavors. Like fruit essences yeah and wholly unchallenging yeah right where you're just like oh yeah a little bit of lemon in my water it's fine totally uh next up is orange i like it thumbs up um uh, uh, orange is a little too complicated for me i'm mm. gonna go thumbs down okay um next up raz cranberry yes thumbs up uh i don't know that i've had raz cranberry uh i would recommend it all right i will check it out but I cannot weigh in on thumbs up versus thumbs down. Next up, berry. And that is me with berry. I don't know that I've ever had berry. I have had berry. I'm going to give berry the same rating I give any beverage that has berry in it and berry in its name. Thumbs down. Oh, any any any, any berry flavored beverage. Any berry flavored beverage. Okay, wow. Um and it has to be so berry flavored that berry is in like the name of its flavor. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like it can't be like, oh yeah, there are also blueberries in here. Like, okay, don't get me on a technicality. But what about like cranberry? Like a cranberry Cranberry's a different beast, I feel. It has berry in the I name. I know what you're saying. <laughs> it has <laughs> it's cranberry. your rule. It has cranberry. <laughs> cranberry is a different word. Okay. With berry as All part right. of it. Got it. Uh, peach pear. No, thank you. Thumbs down. Yeah, no, thumbs down for me as well. It, this is one that's definitely too chemically. Uh, Pumplemousse. I think I feel like Pumplemousse is almost like the default LaCroix. Oh, are we done? Yeah. That's I it? Think, All I right. Well, we're already well, done. Well, well, let's just skip real fast to Beach Plum because what am I supposed to make of that name? I don't understand. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't understand. I also don't know why um, 
hibiscus is hyphenated. Hibiscus. <laughs> just hibiscus, right? I've never had that either. I'd like to try it. Um, all right. That one we, tastes like sweet tarts. I think it's a little thumbs down. Oh, it's is it really like uh, artificial? Not to make you prejudge it, but yeah, not my not my favorite. Um, okay. Well, we didn't get through like half of those. <laughs> <laughs> we were accompanied today by the EBU Your Radio Orchestra. All right, Mark. Let's get into the news. <laughs> Last Friday, Nintendo premiered an Animal Crossing Direct that featured information on updates for the final free update for the game. And then they introduced paid DLC in Happy Home Paradise, both due out on November 5th, so not very far away at all. Right. So just, uh, you know, we're going to discuss them in the the free section first, then we're going to move on to the um, Happy Home Paradise, which truly does feel like it is... uh, Obviously, it is add-on content, but it almost feels like a new game almost, right? Like, it introduces a new game mode, basically. Yeah, totally. It's basically like uh, a game, this game I have not played, but Happy Home Designer for the Nintendo 3DS, that that very much is the basis yeah. for this paid expansion. And so, it's, like you were saying, it feels like they um, took those ideas and instead of making its own game on Switch, just added it as a part of uh, Animal Crossing New New Horizons. Yeah, and like, I think they can do that because uh, New Horizons sold so well that it itself is like a a successful platform. And, you know, as we'll get into, there is some nice synergy between the two. So like, if you have the expansion, it... Uh, changes things on your island as well. Yeah, and also you can uh, like get people on your island to go and visit yeah. the uh, the happy home paradise and design um, great stuff for them. But so we we got we got uh, the details on this uh, big free update. Um, and before we get into like the details of what it is, it is big. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like all dropping at once. It reminds me a lot of the um, like free DLC updates for Super Mario Maker 2 that uh, like uh-huh. we got a little bit of like drips and drabs of stuff and then they were like ah, here's a bunch of stuff and then we're like and by the way we're done yeah um and that's also like you know we did get a couple uh not ne- never like really meaningful updates right like we got swimming um and like new holidays and like items and stuff yeah. but never anything super huge to this point yeah i i felt like everything was like uh, everything that we got previously was cute. Yeah. Right. But it, there definitely was that feeling of like, but what else? Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is the answer to that. This is the what else. And it's just odd to me that like, like I, I don't totally understand this like uh, update release schedule where it's like, okay, uh, drips and drabs for the first year, and then a year and a half later, one huge thing, and then we're out. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. I would be curious to know how much COVID affected totally. this yeah. only because like, I actually don't, maybe it delayed it to when they wanted to release it. But I, since we've seen this with like uh, uh, Mario maker two and yeah. things like that, like, I don't know that the release schedule that this cadence would have been different. You know, yeah, I don't that's know. A great point. I don't know if we would have gotten this in drips and drabs if it hadn't been for COVID because a lot of this, I don't know. It it feels like a substantial update, like like Welcome Amiibo was for New Leaf. Yeah, where um they've really gone through and like made a lot of like smaller quality of life improvements that I don't know if it was released in drips and drabs would necessarily have the same impact. Yeah, well, and I mean, you also sort of have to consider like 
just from like a marketing perspective, uh, Animal Crossing never needed extra heat on it, right? right. Um, and the fact that they're able to release both this big free update patch and the Happy Home Paradise at the same time means that it is a breakthrough moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that breakthrough moment is, uh, you know, grumbling around the uh, price of Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack. Um, but a lot of it is also like, look at all the great, cool, fun stuff you're going to be able to do in Animal Crossing. Yeah, like, uh, so I watched the direct after. I didn't watch it live. I watched it like a few hours afterwards. Oh, I watched it live. I was uh, I was ear to ear. I was grinning. <laughs> well, I was laughing out here on my couch at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I watched it a little bit afterwards, and so I was able to see, like, you know, they had accumulated the thumbs up and thumbs down on YouTube, and they yeah. had accumulated, you know, like, comments and stuff. And I have never, genuinely never seen a Nintendo, like, direct video that had so many, like, the ratio to thumbs up to thumbs down was so heavily weighted to thumbs up. The comments were super positive, being like, this was basically everything that, I, that we were asking for. Right. Like, uh, I, uh, as somebody who has not you know like was happy with new horizons i it was the positivity around this update is is like rare i feel like and so that's that's kind of like it's uh not always fun to be online after a direct and not always fun you know just because like i mean you gotta hide chat right away (laughs) right but the, the people seem genuinely enthused by this update yeah well and it's it's nice to just like start to have a little bit of the uh, there's there's always going to be a you know a, a negativity bomb around like any uh, announcement of anything, um, but just like around Nintendo stuff, knowing that like the final Smash character is announced and out, and like that's not you know uh, uh, Waluigi and Smash when is not going to be like you know that that that's not part of that anymore, um, and just knowing that uh, we have the Pokemon stuff that we have coming out, and also that people are like into Pokemon Unite as well. Um, like that franchise seems to be giving people what they want versus everything but what they want um, at the moment, or at least in, in, in the months to come. And maybe that'll all blow up in uh, their face too. Um, but it seems like they are like the the complaint du jour about Nintendo right now is the pricing structure for Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, um, and that is something that we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, but it doesn't feel like it is so overwhelmingly negative that good news can't punch through it. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's it's a weird because I you know I I think Nintendo probably listens to some degree this show on <laughs> to some degree to like feedback on you know yeah. some of this stuff and when they're planning you know what should go into the new horizons um dlc but i think for the most part they operate probably more in like the uh apple style where they don't do a lot of focus testing they just kind of like do what they think is like the correct path and then um and so i think it's just a weird dovetailing that what they wanted to do actually you know like brought you know like was what people wanted and so i'm enjoying this moment because it is very i think just like the uh usual negativity around some of these announcements has not like been as like prevalent and that's just kind of refreshing. Yeah. I mean, also we're living in a a immediately post Metroid dread world, which I think is also just like makes people generally (laughs) happy. Right. That's right. Um, Okay. So let's talk about like some of the, uh, the bigger things coming to um, the free update. Um, uh, Obviously we knew we were going to get the roost coffee shop uh, in the museum. Uh, Brewster, a a giant pigeon uh, with uh, little um, smart guy glasses. 
runs the thing. You can invite your um, either real world friends or you can use uh, Amiibo to invite um, individual like villagers and characters to have coffee with you in this coffee house. Um, I never really messed around with uh, the roost in previous Animal Crossing games. Do you have experience with this? Yeah, a little feature? bit. Uh, I know this was a, a feature that a lot of people uh, felt was missing yeah. from New Horizons. Uh, you know, this is where KK Slider would, you know, he would, would come and do concerts here. And I think they said that he's going to do that in New Horizons now as well. Um, but I, my experience with it was that, oh, this is like a cool place to just like check out, but not something that like uh, I spent a lot of time in. I don't know if there is more to it than uh, that I just didn't like experience. Yeah. Um, and, but as far as my experience with it is, is it's just like, like any of the other places, a nice place to spend a little bit of time, but not necessarily something that you right. would like spend a lot of time in. Right. But it is a nice environment. Um, we are also getting updates to Harv's Island, um, which now includes Harriet, who is like his girlfriend or sister. Or yeah, something. unknown. Um, and uh, uh, also just like a sort of trailer park uh, uh, around uh, Harv's Island where you can uh, donate money to um, set up individual vendors. And these are the vendors that would come to your island, uh, you know, once a week to, um, you know, sell you stuff. So like Sahara or um, the the is it label um the the one of the mm-hmm. uh, able sisters um uh, so all of those like vendors the plant guide the bug guide like all right, the, like yeah. all of those vendors i think red red is one of them yeah. for sure which is clutch um because filling out the art section of your museum is one of the most tedious time consuming frustrating things in the world and if you can actually visit and see him uh every day by traveling to harv's island um that's a literal game changer i'm going to complete the art wing of my museum and i'm very very excited about that yeah i totally think it's um one of those it's just like really nice to have things for people yeah. who are you like want to spend a lot of time in the game because waiting for red to just randomly show up is really a frustrating aspect of it. Yeah. If you're trying to complete your art collection, like that would be an endless process, especially because I don't think there's any guarantee that he's going to show up on a specific day. Well, th- there's no guarantee that he's going to show up on a specific day. And there is no guarantee that when he does show up that he's going to have any real art right. to buy because it's it's he's, it mostly sells fakes um and then i've it's happened to me multiple times where he has one real piece of art and it is a piece of art that i have already purchased from him and it's nice honestly for me that like harv's island has a purpose now yeah because before it's like oh Pretty you could go to harv's yeah. island but then you go and you know like it just it, what the photo taking wasn't really anything that i want to engage with and so it just felt like uh i mean what was the point of having this whole other, this whole loading screen and having me go there yeah, yeah, for yeah, just yeah, like yeah. this little thing? Um, so I think that's nice as well. Um, and then like I think the the last sort of like big like gameplay thing, and then the rest is sort of like little updates that we, we'll still go over. Um, but uh, Captain returns, um, and he'll he'll take you on his little boat to um, mysterious islands that have all kinds of sort of randomized features of like different seasons. Um, it looks like there's uh, different like uh, fauna and, or flora, I guess, g- growing on uh, these um, on, on these islands. Uh, the time of day may be totally different from, uh, you know, the, the actual time of day. Um, and Cap'n sings you his little Cap'n song. Yeah. Which so cute. is just the best. Um, and I mean, I'm, you know, obviously the game has the, 
where the dodos take you to a, a mystery island. Um, but that's so like just a version of your island um, that's just smaller and the one that you can strip mine real fast and then come back with more resources. This seems like it's going to be um, more sort of unique stuff in there, which is very cool and enticing to me. The part that brought me the most joy because it was so unexpected is group stretching at resident services. Uh, everybody's outside doing a little bit of exercise. Um, the player, like you as the player, can also use the Joy-Con to do a little bit Adorable. of stretching. Um, all every each of like the villagers is making, you know, like they participate in their own way. They have their own like expressions and way of stretching. I love this. This is one of those just like delightful. S small things that I never would have thought of. It wasn't on anybody's list for, yeah. I really, you know, like we have to have this in the game, but now that it is there, you're, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just so much fun that they yeah. included this. I mean, one of the things that I have found most enjoyable about Animal Crossing New Horizons is experiencing like the personalities of the uh, villagers that live on the island and seeing them exercise with you is part of that. It's part of them like, showing their personalities. Um, I don't think I made it onto our notes here, but uh, uh, they will invite you over to their house and they will also just show up at your house, um, which is super cool. They didn't indicate that you would be able to invite uh, characters over to your house, but I hope that's in there because yeah. I would love that. Yeah, usually it's like, a, my memory is that in the past, in past games, it's been kind of like a dialogue prompt. Yeah. And so, you know, like you'll be interacting with them and it'll randomly be like, hey, I should come over to your house or hey, you should come over to my house. They, this made it look like they can come over unannounced, which is super funny. The way that uh, it happens in the trailer, yeah, the, the, it felt like ominous almost. Yeah, because like the villagers the like, like appearing <laughs> appearing yeah. out of the shadows, like it felt like uh like the uh, Japanese tea house and Kill Bill, yes. a little bit. <laughs> like it was some sort of like showdown. I loved it. I, I was super into it. Um, other features uh, in the free update: uh, island ordinances. So as the you know uh, island. I, I don't know, administrator, whatever they uh, they call you. You can set uh, various ordinances that the people who live on the island have to obey. Um, so there's one, they demonstrated an early morning one, meaning that all the villagers wake up earlier. So if you're playing the game mostly in the morning, you don't have to wait for like Roscoe to get out of bed at 10 or whatever. Yeah, same with, it looked like there was one that like could keep everybody up later, which I think yeah. is so great because not everybody can play the game and go to the store and all that kind of stuff on yeah. a regular, on like the, you know, nine to eight schedule or whatever it is. And so I think having, I think that's a great quality of life improvement. Yeah. And I'm also uh, curious what the other ordinances do, mm -hmm. right? Like what else you, how else you can control the behavior of, of the animals. Um, there are more exterior options for your home, three storage expansions for your home up to uh, 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 3,200, 4,000, and then 5,000 items in storage, which is a lot. Um, there are new items that you can buy with Nook Miles, which means that your Nook Miles tickets are actually worth something. Because um, if you're anything like me, you've been just banking them for the last year. Um, there uh, is a storage shed that you can put anywhere on the island that acts as your uh, storage um, and a, a movable ATM so you can uh, withdraw bells from anywhere. Um, farming and cooking, uh, along with recipes in your DIY catalog, that's all coming. Uh, I, I mean, I, it's not going to be a super complicated thing, but there's farming in this. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. I wonder if, like, with flowers, you'll be able to, like, cross-pollinate some stuff. Yeah, great question. Um, I think having cooking in here is a great extension of crafting. Uh, for me, having new exterior options for your home is Huge. overdue, super fun. Like, that, I'm really excited for that. 
Um, you can in, on, on the decorating front, you can hang stuff from the ceiling now. Um, they showed off like lighting and shelves, um, but who's to say what else uh, you can hang from the ceiling? Um, you can more bridges and inclines from eight to ten, and you um, can have permanent. Uh, yeah, permanent ladders. Permanent ladders. Ooh. That's Huge. so great. Um, yeah, that, and those are also customizable. So, like, there were different colors. Um, nine new fences. Many of those are, are customizable. There's a first-person camera for taking photos and also a tripod that you can set up so you can get in the photos with your uh, villagers. Um, more more uses for the custom patterns, including using them to make accent walls or for carpeting or to wear them. You can make accent walls at all now. You're accent walls is huge. Yeah. Um, and then new hairstyles, new reactions, new KK Slider songs, um, which I, I love me uh, some good KK Slider songs. And the fact that 11 new ones are coming is very exciting. KK Marimba is my favorite, I Ooh, think. Ooh, yeah. is that that's, that's a, a new one? That, no, that's an, that's existing, an existing one. Okay. So I'm excited to see what the new ones are. Um. We spend a lot of time in Sarah and I spend a lot of time in Cookie's house, and she only plays Bubblegum KK. <laughs> um, so that is one that I know very, very well. Um, and then Gyroids uh, are coming to uh, New Horizons, um, and it's a little bit unclear to me how exactly they work or what their purpose is. But they're weird little things that you have to like bury and like dig out of the ground, and then they make noise. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, but you can customize them now. Yeah, you can make them different colors. I. I don't know. It. I. Um, there's so much here. There's so much here. I nuked my island last, you know, like August or something, and so it has been a very long time since I've been in New Horizons, and I will have to start over. But I think I am like I'm looking forward to it with yeah. all of this new stuff. Um, and then of course. Are we ready to get onto a uh, happy home paradise? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the video faded out. We were done with the free stuff. And then it's like, but wait. And then the villager walks into the Dodo Airlines and talks to whichever one of the <laughs> Orville or Wilbur, doesn't matter. Um, and there's a new option that says, I want to work. Um, and you can fly off to a new archipelago uh, to work as a designer for the Happy Home Paradise Company, uh, led by Adi, Lottie, who is an otter, who is adorable. Um, I have her amiibo. I've never understood her before, but I'm so happy to see her in this game. And then you design vacation homes for your animal neighbors. That's right. So really the focus of this is um, to – it's it's about the interior decoration. And you yeah. can also do outside stuff as well. But if um, – I, I feel like that's a big part of Animal Crossing, and uh, it's. Did you play Happy Home Designer? Or have no, you played, I, like, I, okay. I, I didn't at all. But like, yeah, I mean, you're. It is a big part of Animal Crossing, but it's also something that like, the base game throws up a lot of roadblocks, right? Where it's like right. you have to buy all these things, you have to like earn your or craft them or whatever. Um, and Happy Home Designer, by extension, uh, Happy Home Paradise, is just like, here is everything. Make this place as beautiful as you can. Yeah. Um, and there are a couple of things that you have to do for the resident to feel like they appreciate it. But mostly, it's a canvas, right? And some inspiration for like, this person wants it to be nautically themed. This person wants teddy bears. This person wants it to look like a desert. And then you just do it. Yeah. Um, and watch the animal villager love it. Um, which like, I don't, that sounds amazing. <laughs> the other part that I'm really excited about is in addition to homes, you can design other like Island amenities. Like, uh, they showed off a school, you can make a restaurant, a hospital, like all of these 
things that have been missing from Animal Crossing proper before, yeah, yeah. like you're now able to create, which I think is really fun. Like I think it's a great idea to have a restaurant. Like I wish there was a restaurant that you could yeah. go to regularly and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Well, and it's cool that in the uh, trailer they showed the animals using those amenities right we don't see anyone like at the hospital but like um sherb is acting as a waiter at, at at the restaurant there are animals eating at the restaurant um and so like presumably someone will be teaching at the school someone else will be learning at the school all this sort of stuff which again like if you want to uh experience the personalities of these animal crossing characters beyond the 10 that are on your island this is a great opportunity to do that just like in droves um, but very cool and very exciting. So uh, there's amiibo support, so you can summon specific neighbors. Um, uh, like you said, Patrick, earlier, you can invite neighbors to uh, the archipelago to um, set up a vacation home for them specifically. Uh, if you have... So as part of Happy Home Paradise... You like when you're designing homes, you're able to design like uh, you're able to put pillars and like and like uh, walls, like walls, yeah. partitions. They partitions call them. Can, people can be roommates, so you can have like two oh God, villagers it, in a home. So I, it's it's just shipping. Right? <laughs> you're just gonna ship. All, I know everyone. that. I mean, yes, yes. Finally, yes. yes. Um, and but then you'll also be able to put like pillars and you know se separating walls and all that kind of stuff into your own home yeah so that's something like there's cross-pollination between uh happy home paradise and your regular island if you get this dlc um and uh speaking of the amiibos uh they uh, the amiibo uh functionality series five of the animal crossing amiibo cards are coming out the same day as um all of this uh, uh dlc both paid and otherwise november 5th um, and uh, the new set includes uh, characters that are um, new to Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons. Um, so November 5th is the date for all of this. The pricing for Happy Home Paradise is $24.99 um, or free with the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack, which brings us to the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass Pack, which just needed to be uh, detailed with this thing because they were like oh yeah it's also free with right us. which makes total sense because like i was expecting i did not imagine that yeah. anything that was announced at the animal crossing direct would have anything to do with the expansion pack uh for nintendo switch online and so in my head it was like okay you know we got um the sakurai presents out of right. the way now we're doing the nintendo the animal crossing direct and then after that we'll find out about the nintendo switch online expansion pack but no uh it is important information for both of them and they kind of just like slide the pricing information for expansion pack in with it right which like makes sense to me because they are also they're saying you can buy this thing for $25 or it comes for free with this upgrade which costs $30. Yeah, so basically, the, basically basically Yeah, so the expansion pack pricing is 49.99 for a solo membership and 79.99 for a family plan, which is up from 19.99 for solo and 34.99 for family of the base pack, which still exists. You can right. still just subscribe to Nintendo Switch online, you get online play, you get all that kind of stuff. What you will not get is um the uh, Happy Home Paradise DLC for Animal Crossing included, plus the Nintendo 64 Switch Online, plus Sega Genesis Switch Online. And presumably, I feel like this opens the door for other DLC or other things to be included 
in the uh, plus expansion pack going forward. Yeah, I think that's... But no guarantees. Right, no guarantees, like, of course. Because it, to me, it does not feel like the type of thing where... I mean, first of all, I got the pricing for this all wrong. Like, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, you know, 10, 15 bucks most at max. Yeah. But uh, to me, given what we know right now, which is basically nothing, I feel like they cannot in the future be like, oh, you're... you're uh, next year, we're taking away Happy Home Paradise, and we're giving you this DLC option instead. Right, right. That would kind of feel weird to me. Um, but like a, a year in, they could add, or maybe 18 months in, add another big set like that. Yeah, like yeah. It, along the same lines as Tetris 99, which is a game that you get for free with uh, Nintendo Switch Online, uh, which makes it worth the 20 bucks a year. Um all on its own. <laughs> um, but then Pac-Man 99. Right. And uh, Super Mario 35. Yeah. Which then disappeared. But yeah. Right. But like, so yeah. So I, I think that this opens the door for, um, I guess all I'm saying is that it'll be interesting to see how else they incentivize people subscribing. Right. Because I don't think that like Happy Home Paradise will be enough to keep people hooked forever. A year yeah. from now or yeah. something. Um, yeah. I think that's absolutely right. And also we know that there is a, uh, a roadmap, not that we know, not that we've seen it, but we know that there is a roadmap for future Nintendo 64 releases, including huge games that everyone wants to play, like Majora's Mask, like Banjo Kazooie, like Paper Mario. They also said that they did confirm, like they didn't mention it in the original Nintendo Direct where Plus Expansion Pack was announced, but they did confirm that the additional Sega Genesis games would oh, be coming. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's not, like so both that. libraries. I mean, who knows how many they didn't like sure. delineate it like they did for Nintendo 64. But um, so they will be getting both. Um, but yeah, what 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 do you th what do you think about the price, Patrick? It, it is like I said, more expensive than I was anticipating. Yeah, it was more expensive than I was anticipating too, especially considering how. And I, I feel like this has got to be an unpopular opinion, but how killer the deal of Nintendo Switch Online is, uh, like the the vanilla version, the fact that there is a uh, Super Nintendo and uh, NES library as big as they are, plus Tetris ninety nine, plus Pac Man ninety nine, um, for $20 a year is outstanding. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible value. That's like less than a buck 50 a month um which is no money it's just no money um and so like if if we take that uh and if we like forget about that value and just say okay all of this put together four classic libraries including Nintendo 64 Sega Genesis Super Nintendo NES Tetris 99 Pac-Man 99 and this uh Happy Home Paradise expansion pass that's 50 bucks a year which comes out to like $4.17 a month. I don't know. It sounds awesome to me. Yeah. I like when I first saw it, there was a little bit of sticker shock. Like, yeah. of course I wasn't expecting like happy home designer to be included in that. So that was happy a, home yeah. paradise, but yeah. Oh yeah. Happy home paradise to be included in that. So that was a surprise. And I do think that, that, that helps. Um, I think it's just like, you're like, Oh, this is like more than a hundred percent more expensive yeah. than the existing one. Like that's, uh, it feels like a lot really quickly. Am I going to pay for it? Yeah, a hundred percent. Because I was going to p spend the twenty five bucks for Happy Home Designer. I'm really excited for Nintendo. Happy Home Paradise, but yes, <laughs> I'm really excited for um, Nintendo sixty four games. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, for me, the value is there for sure, but I do think going from 20 to 50, even with the, uh, what I perceive as the value, I do think that that is like, uh, I think it's a big jump. Yeah. Well, it's also, there's so much in there at this point that, um, like the need for it to be available a la carte also makes sense to me um, because there are, I mean, you know, what is the crossover audience between uh, NES games and uh, Animal Crossing? Right. A DLC. Like, is there any? Is there any crossover between uh, uh, Sega Genesis uh, library fans and Nintendo 64 library fans? Like, probably some, but like, they're, they're, they're different fan groups. And if you're just really into Sega Genesis games, are you, but not the rest of it, there's no way in the world you're going to spend 50 bucks. So like, well, especially Genesis specifically, which I feel like a lot of it is already there. Those are very attainable games. Yeah. Well, so I guess in, in some capacity, some of these things are available a la carte, right? That there are Genesis collections available on switch. Um, Obviously you can buy happy home paradise on its own. So like, you know, I say the need for them to be available a la carte is already there. I guess the one thing is the, the like, clutch, the, like, cinch point is the Nintendo 64 library. That is the single most, like, desired thing in all of that. And you got to pay the 50 bucks a year for it. I think the other reason why it's smart from Nintendo's perspective to include Happy Home Paradise in this is that, um, like, nin- uh nes games super nes games nintendo 64 games genesis games those appeal to people like you and me yeah uh who like we've been nintendo fans since birth we played those games when we were kids we are excited to re-experience those but i think they probably hold like those retro systems hold my guess would be limited appeal for sure. a lot of like newer Nintendo fans. And so I think it is and just newer video game fans. A hundred percent. And so I think it is smart to include because you get online play, which is important for Animal Crossing. Yeah. You're like an integral part of Animal Crossing New Horizons. You get uh the new DLC. And so it's like, well then maybe if you came to Switch, you know, for experiences like Animal Crossing New Horizons, then then like those players might see more value in Nintendo Switch yeah. online yeah. Um, versus somebody like you and me who it's like, yeah, I'm in because I want to, you know, play F, you know, the F race, F zero game yeah, yeah, for, exactly. from Nintendo 64, which I don't know holds the universal appeal. Yeah. Yeah. No, a- a- absolutely. Well, and there's also like, it's something I have to remind myself of all the time that like, even as late as the Nintendo 64 isn't just retro. It's sort of like hyper retro yeah. at this point. Right. Like, um, PlayStation 2 era GameCube games like those are now those games are 20 years old you know so like um to think of uh you know the there were barely Nintendo 64 games that came out in uh this millennium yeah right? i mean like, i they're old games i, I love i i have a lot of fond memories of Mario Kart 64 yeah but i do not imagine that the majority reaction to uh you know somebody uh who's ex- like joined the video playing video games in the past you know like 10 20 years yeah. would go back to mario kart 64 and be like this is a great game i'm glad i spent 60 bucks a year 50 bucks a year or whatever for this right 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 so i i think like we're kind of circling uh both of us around the like this is great for us uh-huh. um and is it universally great for like everyone uh, maybe not i wish there was more freedom in it um but honestly if you're if you're 
just playing your Switch for Animal Crossing anyway, like then just buy the uh, Happy Home Paradise thing on its own and you know don't get the rest of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 100% fair to not be happy with the offerings of Nintendo Switch Online sure. and, not want to, and not feel like they are worth the money because if you don't value like if if the retro game part aspect of it is not important to you then you are basically just paying for online play which like okay like i still think 20 bucks a year for that is not bad but i think 50 bucks a year for that is reasonable if you are playing a lot of online games on switch yeah um i mean but uh, yeah yeah and like you just compare it to like you know some of the other um like online offerings and you know like uh uh xbox like game pass and all of that stuff is uh like 60 bucks per or it's, it's more than that it's like 80 for um for six months and you get a lot of value out of it like most of their library is just up there and free but like playstation plus um is more expensive and they will offer like two games uh a, a month and one of those games is not worth playing always and then the other one is probably worth playing but also probably pretty old too um old but like recent you know not uh like maintaining these like vast libraries yeah. of like classic catalogs so like you know they're, they're, all the services are offering different things and like if you a real like bang for your buck thing like xbox is the way to go um you almost literally don't need to buy games mm-hmm. if you own an xbox and subscribe to uh to game pass um the nintendo switch online with or without the expansion pass is a like luxury game item right or like a a, a library game item a a, a um like museum quality to it right like it, it's an extra thing that you're paying extra for yeah it, which i think is mostly true except online is tied to it so if you want to play yeah. online but but again that's 20 bucks each, uh, yeah if, if you want the most that's basic, right yeah. that's right and uh also i think just real quickly another point that you have mentioned in the past patrick is like you uh previously we paid for these virtual console games a la carte yeah and um and an nes game was 5.99 yeah and you know you were paying for it once but i feel like there is a lot of value in the library that yeah. they have and i i feel like the nintendo 64 games um every you know everybody just has to do their own calculation on what it's worth but to me this is definitely worth it yeah yep me too um i at the same time uh that all of this was popping off they also revealed that the um nintendo 64 and genesis controllers were up for pre-order um mark and i both uh managed to mark you pre-ordered two of them i got two nintendo i didn't buy any genesis controllers i did buy two nintendo 64 controllers um they ship starting next monday uh they are both sold out currently but uh they were up for a while it wasn't like the nes controllers which were just like and which were just impossible to get initially Nintendo also says. On I mean, website, I got them, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> and then on the um, uh, at least in North America on the website, it says that another wave will be released later in October. So, um, if you weren't able to get them, uh, in this first batch, but you are interested in it, it seems like there will be additional opportunities in the future. They haven't said that they're limited. You know, like you can buy the NES ones right now. You can buy the SNES NES ones right now. Right. It's never a guarantee with Nintendo, but it seems like they intend to continue to manufacture these. Um, I'm, uh, ex- I'm excited to own these and, uh, they did confirm that the Nintendo 64 controller will have rumble functionality, not like the traditional like rumble pack 
But Which I'm uh, gonna miss. I'm it, gonna miss that, rumble. that bulky pack it, sticking out the back. The, the weight that it yeah. added was actually kind of like, in a way, like uh, a good thing, or well, at least it's memorable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, from the second I got Star Fox 64 and put the Rumble Pack into uh, my main Nintendo 64 controller, it never left. Like every game that I played after that, whether there was Rumble functionality yeah. or not, I had my uh, Rumble Pack in there. So it's just what I was used to. But uh, you know, I would be really curious to hear other people's reactions to the Nintendo Switch Online mm-hmm. um, pricing, uh, Animal Crossing Direct. You know, there was a lot in there. So t- definitely let us know. What yeah, you right think. into us for sure. Um, all right, so we got some new NPD numbers for September. NPD is the uh, trade group that, or I guess an uh, analytics group yeah. that measures video game sales in North America. Reveal- it's always funny because we always we talk about it in terms of uh, video game releases, but obviously they do like a million other things. Um, and just having that like NPD, I'm, I always think it's like Nintendo Power Direct or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, well, they uh, released the best-selling games in uh, the United States for September. The best-selling games on Switch, and reminder, the digital sales are not reported from Nintendo, um, are the, the f- Mario Kart, WarioWare Get It Together was number two. Number three is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number four was Diablo 2 Resurrected. Number five, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number six, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Number seven, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Number eight, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number nine, Super Mario 3D World. And number 10, Sonic Colors. Um, and I, I think a couple interesting things to note uh, in this list. Um, one is that uh, Diablo 2 is surprisingly high up on, on, on this list. But I guess maybe shouldn't be people love Activision Blizzard, um, even with all the stuff going on. Uh, at people that love right Diablo 2. People love a, Diablo like 2, yeah. It's a Pantheon game. Um, but also just that uh, even with Nintendo's digital uh, numbers not being reported here, they take up eight of the top 10 spots i know i mean honestly anytime that there's a third party in the nintendo top 10 you're like oh like that game did well um and then uh i guess no real surprise here but uh skyward sword dropped um from its second place to seventh place everyone else just sort of like shuffled around within you know where they were mario kart was number one is still number one smash was number three is still number three um and everyone else just kind of like shuffles in the their basic orbit um but it seemed like the spike of skyward sword and like the enthusiasts buying it right when it came out that that is probably plateaued or it's like on the downward swing i mean that's probably true but also like it wouldn't surprise me if the switch release of skyward sword is now the best-selling release of skyward sword and having like outsold the wii yeah true um i'm gonna jump to for the first time in 33 months the nintendo switch was toppled from being the best-selling console uh, in september the playstation 5 was the best selling of the month in uh units sold and also in like revenue right ben which makes sense because it's a more uh, expensive machine but yeah this is the first time in 33 months that it is uh outsold um the the, the switch um and that's any kind of playstation um which is uh surprising uh just because like I've not known anyone who's been able to buy a PlayStation 5 recently. Like, everyone I know who has one got it, like, at or around launch. Um, and I've just not seen them available to buy anywhere. Yeah, like, I yeah, I, I think it is a rare occurrence that somebody's able to walk into a store and just, like, buy one off the right. shelf. But, you know, like, the Walmart and GameStop and Sony themselves, you know, multiple times a week there will be lotteries for them or, you know, like, queues yeah. for them. 
Um, so I think they're just selling everything they have. I also think, and uh, uh, yeah, similar thing happened in Japan is that in the run up to the Switch OLED, I think there are people who probably put off buying a Switch, yeah, just waiting for the um, the new one to release, the new model right. to release. And yeah, that's well, the the important thing to note about September is that it was the last month before the OLED came out. So I'm sure a lot of people just like sitting on uh, buying either a second console or even a first console, knowing that they were going to get a brand new shiny one with a better screen if they just wait a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, an FYI, there's a game crashing bug in Metroid Dread. As acknowledged in a post on Nintendo's support page, there's an issue in Metroid Dread that causes the game to crash and won't allow the player to progress. They are working on a patch, but it hasn't uh, it hasn't been uh, it'll be, it's due later this month, yeah. but is not out yet. Luckily, it sounds like it's pretty easy to avoid, or but, at least easy to fix if you encounter. It. Got it. Yeah. So there is one particular door that if you destroy it while it is marked uh, on the map, the game will crash. And so a do-it-yourself fix is to reload your game, unmark the door on the map, and then uh, and then like destroy the door. Yeah. Um, but. Like we said, an update will be coming right later this month. And then finally, speaking of Metroid Dread, um, Spanish games outlet Vandal broke the story last week that Mercury Steam, the Metroid Dread developer, has a policy that prohibited some people who worked on the game from appearing in the credits. The policy states that any employee must have worked on the game for at least 25% of its development time to be included in the end credits. And development reportedly lasted for four years, so you had to be on it for, like, a full year, or otherwise you weren't credited. Um, Do you think any of that, like, uh, goes back to just, like, Mercury Steam's size in general? Like, is Metroid Dread one of the bigger games they've worked on? Because it was, like, an indie studio before, right? No, I mean, I I don't know if they were... I think they were independent. I don't think they were owned by Konami, but, you know, they did uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow and the sequel to that. Uh, apparently, you know, uh, reportedly, I guess I should say that development of Lord of the sequel of Lords of Shadow was like a disaster, right? And um, that development of Metroid Dread was also pretty fraught, yeah. And so, um, uh, this is just a bad, stupid policy, yeah. I agree. And I, I think it's a and because look, it what does it cause you to put someone in the credits, like? It's, Nothing. It's so People's vindictive. Pets are in the, yeah, are in and the like, credits. and it is so important to be credited for the yeah. work that you do. If you're trying to build, if you are building a resume and a body of work, like to be able to point to that credit is super important. Yeah, it's, it it is funny though, because like I do feel like there's no world where you say like, oh yeah, I worked on Metroid Dread, uh, and then someone like goes to the end, plays I, the credits, doesn't see you, and is I, like, you liar. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's probably I th- I feel like that's probably true, but it. But not being in the games industry, it must be important if enough people are, like, yeah. annoyed, you know, like, because you, sh- you should get recognition even if you didn't yeah. work a full year. Yeah. This is an industry-wide problem. It is stupid, and it is a, one of many reasons that I feel that game developers should be unionized mm-hmm. because, um, you know, and, and not that, like, in Hollywood, you know, like, um, uh writers right now people in the writers guild of america are debating a rule over like because right now if you work on a screenplay uh you aren't necessarily credited unless you uh win like the arbitration right so you can be in part of a writer's room for a movie and then you don't get any credit for it right or people do like punch up on scripts and stuff too just like pitch jokes after a script is already done and those can really contribute a lot and like change 
you know how effective a movie is um but you wouldn't actually get credit for writing the movie yeah so so no system is perfect but to me this is an example of why like game developers should be unionized yeah because this it is uh unfortunate that people are not being credited for their work it's also just like what do you get out of that? I, like, as as the company, vindic- what do you get? What do you get out of it, not it's just, crediting someone? Yeah, it's it's so I think especially it's very when stupid. a lot of these contracts aren't even like that. Uh, there were like interviews with people that were that you know worked on something for like eight months. That person was never going to be with you for like the whole run of the game. Like you hired them to develop yeah. a specific system or asset or whatever, and then like. Why? Why don't you put that? Why put their name in the game? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Mercury Steam also reportedly requires forty-two working days advance notice before leaving a position. That's over eight weeks. That's crazy. Uh, leaving before those forty-two days are up results in some sort of financial penalty. Although an interesting note, a Spanish worker statute defines fifteen days as the minimum advance notice, which interesting. Yeah. Um, Mark, you recently left a job. Uh huh. Um, that's right. And you gave two weeks notice advance notice by the end of that second week uh it's like <laughs> i mean you're just like you feel like a worthless weird appendage can you imagine <laughs> if you had to stay another six weeks yeah it's it's uh it's crazy it, it feels crazy to me um well so i mean i don't this uh is maybe just a, a weird little crappy thing about the the games industry and just about like creative industries in general um and so yeah i'm i'm totally on board with the like Game developers need to uh, unionize and yeah. just like, or at least organize and like stand up for each other and you that know, sort of stuff. I, I feel like the, uh, obviously Nintendo has a, I, seemingly from the outside, based on zero information, seemed to have a pretty good working relationship with Mercury's team based on uh, Metroid Returns and, or sorry, Samus Returns and uh, Metroid Dread. You know, like, uh, I think next level games the developers of like Luigi's Mansion 2 and 3 and other Nintendo games had a long relationship with Nintendo before they right. were purchased. But um, Mercury Steam seemed, in theory, like a potential long-term development partner for Nintendo. And if that is the case, I hope Nintendo hopes helps them get their house in order. Right. Um, and that they can become a uh, good place to work. Yeah, and uh, that's, that is so interesting because like, I always... Uh, Nintendo is so secretive about the the way they develop stuff, but it, uh, I don't know. It, with there, there could be some like you know bombshell revelations that like conditions are actually terrible. But Nintendo seems like it is um, a like progressive, uh, fun place to work. Um, that like they prioritize worker happiness and productivity comes out of people being able to be creative and like express themselves fully, which means not working all the time. Um, and you know you gotta like put that up against like stories of Masahiro Sakurai like driving himself to uh, medical exhaustion working on Smash Brothers. Um, but like you know there's also no accounting for it, like, the maniac that won't stop working. Um, more problematic when he's the boss. But the point is, um, uh, yeah, it does seem like it would behoove other companies to be more like Nintendo in their development practices, especially as it relates to their workers. Um, all right, uh, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, 
review and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it when you do that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKA Mitchell. And the show is at Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo, our theme music. <clears throat> theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying just unmark the door and then go through it. Unmark it again. And thank you for listening. Imagine a podcast. Now, imagine a musical. Now, imagine the two of them made one million babies. Well, you don't have to imagine it, because it's real, and it has a name. One Million Musicals. Each month, we bring you a brand new, original podcast musical featuring talent from across Broadway, films, and TV. You'll hear tales of spooky ghosts, Wild West shootouts, adventures on the high seas, and much, much more. One million musicals. Only a few hundred thousand to go. A Campfire Media Podcast. Campfire.